0: If you want to open up to the Gospel of John, kind of in between <clears throat> going through books of the Bible and kind of doing some topical messages. And next two or three weeks or something like that, I'd like to do kind of a short bio- biographical series on a person in the New Testament. And so I'm going to read a couple of verses here. Um skipping around in John chapter 1, reading about John the Baptist. So, if you turn to chapter 1, we're going to read 1 to 8, and then jump down um, to verse 19. So, starting verse 1, just notice as we read through this, kind of the strangeness of how you may have wondered this, or maybe you'd never noticed this, but like, it's talking about Jesus, and then John gets like, put in right at the beginning right in the middle so it's kind of interesting but just notice that as we start here in John 1:1 1, 1. In the beginning was a word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him not anything that was without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So let's stop right there, jump down to verse 19, where it picks back up. Um, It picks back up about John. There's actually one verse, parenthetical verse in 15, where it says, John bore witness about him, Jesus And cried out, this is he of whom I said, he who comes after me, ranks before me, because he was before me. So that's 15. And then, that's also kind of interjected there. Now back to 19. This is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed, and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then, are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, Then why are you baptizing, if you are neither Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? And John answered, I baptize with water. But among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me the strap of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. So there's actually more about John later on in this chapter and then in chapter three it picks back up about John. But we'll just cover this to start this week and try and keep it clear, simple, and bite-sized. So I'm going to try and not have my message be like a fire hose, you know, it's like too much to take in all at once. Like, okay, how much can we take in in one day, you know, reasonably? And that's the goal. Um, a bite-sized, something you can think about this week about John the Baptist. So I'll tell you my two points that we're going to talk about this week and really throughout the whole series, but we'll just introduce them this week. So two things about John the Baptist that we can apply to our lives. One, knowing who you're not. Knowing who you're not. And two, knowing who you are. So, where am I getting that from? Well, I'm getting that from this text, obviously. He says a bunch of people he's not. You know, are you this person? No. Are you that person? No. Who are you? And then he says who he is. But also, the really strange way that these verses are worded. If you've ever noticed this, um, it's kind of odd, really, how these... You know, when the Bible says something, and it's like, well, why do they say it like that? It's kind of a makes you think, you know, and that's good. It's like, well, there's a reason. Um, And I think that it's clear that the writer here, John, is trying to get something across. Different John than the one we're talking about. But the writer, John, said these things in kind of a strange way. One, by just inserting John all the way through the passage. And then um, talking about who John was not a lot. So think about just there at the beginning. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Here's the threefold repetition there of witness and then talking about how he's not the light. And then later on, there's kind of a strange author note in verse 20. When they asked him, who are you? It says, he confessed and did not deny, but confessed. I am not the Christ. Kind of a strange way to say it, isn't it? He confessed, did not deny, but confessed. Really emphasizing his answer there, specifically saying that he knew he wasn't the Christ, and he was telling people that. Wanting to emphasize that in the positive, positive, then the negative, and then the positive again. Um, Kind of a strange way to start a sentence. I mean, think about this point that I'm just making. Imagine if I said, notice how he emphasized, and he did not downplay, but he emphasized. How he, how he was not the Christ. It's kind of a strange sentence structure, but it's saying that John knew who he wasn't. And who was he? He knew who he wasn't. Um, he wasn't the light. He wasn't the Christ. And he wasn't the prophet. And he wasn't Elijah. So John wanted to make that really clear. And then John the Baptist uh, also wanted to make that really clear. And he answered um, in those things. So what can we, how can we apply this to our lives? Well, it's really important. If you're going to do what God wants you to do, you have to know you're not. I mean, think about just John here. Think about if he was confused or if he decided, well, maybe I'm actually a bigger piece of the puzzle than I originally thought. Maybe I'm really important. And he didn't do what God asked him to do. Uh, that would be really bad. Um, but instead, he knew what God wanted him to do, and he knew who God did not want him to be. And that's really good news. I mean, and, you know, we're going to talk about this next week, but later on, this allows him to let all the people leave, you know. And later on, when everyone, his disciples ask him, well, everybody's leaving and going to Jesus. And he's like, yeah, that's the point. I'm not the light. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the prophet. And the fact that he knew who he wasn't was really big in his life, um, really important, and it is in our life, too. If you want to do what God wants you to do, it is really important to know who you're not. Um, We're not the light of the world. We're not the Christ. Um, We aren't the prophet. You know, when he says, when they ask him, the prophet, they're talking about something specific from the Old Testament. I'll read you a verse here from, from Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy, Moses, I think I've got this written down right. Okay, I'm going to read you what, I hope read you about what Moses, yeah. Moses said, um, the Lord, this is, you don't have to turn there, but this, if you want to, you can. Deuteronomy 18:15. Moses said, the Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let me not hear the voice of the Lord my God or see his this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They are right in what you have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak, them, speak to them all that I command him. So, there's going to be one like Moses who comes and speaks the words of God, and that's Jesus. And John knew that he wasn't that person. And um, really significant role. One kind of interesting note is, they ask him, "Are you Elijah?" And he says, "No." Later on, Jesus says he's kind of like Elijah, he in a like metaphorical sense. So I think that's the difference there. Why there's that? Why Jesus says he he is Elijah, and why he says he's not. Um, but so, anyways, knowing who you're not. Um, what about us? It's actually pretty important, really. I mean, think about your day. How it would be different if you were really, really clear. Um, what you're supposed to be doing and who you're not. There's a lot of different ways we could really apply this, um, but the first and easiest is we're not God. You're not God. Think about how much would change in the world if everyone really had that clear. I'm not God. That's huge, right? Like all the people around me, all their mistakes that I I know that their life would be better if I fixed. It's like, but you're not God. And you're not in control of everybody around you. You're just in control of you. Um, think about that. I mean, that would be huge. Um, think about just defining right and wrong. It's like, well, who gets to define right and wrong? God, right? If Adam and Eve really had it clear who they were not, uh, there wouldn't have been a fall. It's like, well, I'm not God. God's God. And he said, don't eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm going to leave that to him. Uh, he knows. He knows best. It's really important. Think about all the people are in your life around you. Um, We can really be a help to them. We can be a help to them by just living out. We're not God. Giving things to the Lord. Um, Saying we don't know when we don't know. You know, it's... Let me ask you this. Is there a temptation in your heart to appear more than you are to be, look better than you are to look, clean yourself up when you come to church or to act like you know more than you do I mean the reality is that's not really being able to just know who you're not and just to say you know what I don't know or um, I'm not sure on that it's really important and the reason it's important is because we're getting to the second point knowing who you are who we are Well, who was John the Baptist? Well, he was a pointer to Jesus. And that's one of the things we could say, you know, kind of on both those points. Knowing who we're not. We're not the point. None of us are the point. We're just pointers. Who are we? Knowing who we are. We're pointers to Jesus, just like John the Baptist. John the Baptist knew it's not all about me. It's not about people noticing me, it's not about people following me. It's about me pointing people to Jesus, the real point. I'm not the pointer. I'm not the point. I'm just the pointer to Jesus. And that's the same for all of us, that we are all just pointers to Jesus. We're not the point. It's not about people noticing us. It's not about people thinking highly of us. It's not about people trusting us. It's about us taking the focus off of us and pointing it to Jesus, who really can help people, who really can save people, who really is the prophet and the Christ and the light of the world. Really, really important. And if we get confused, then we we don't know who we're not, then we can't be who we're supposed to be. We can't be who we are, which is just pointers to Jesus. And that's what John really was doing here. Over and over, he's reflecting it back to Christ, to pointing to him, to doing exactly what God sent him to do, to prepare the way of the Lord, and to deflect off himself. And eventually, even when his followers leave, he's the one telling them to go, look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and, and they leave. And, he, and the others are like, well, everyone's leaving. He's like, yeah. That that's the bridegroom, um, and I'm I'm not, and so we want to be like that, you know. Jesus calls John the Baptist the greatest man born among women. Do you remember that? I have to think that I'm pretty sure that's in Luke. It's like wow, what what is it like to be hear that compliment from Jesus? Well, think about his life. His life was not what you'd expect. If I said I'm going to talk to you about the greatest man born among women, it's like. He had this ministry where he wore camel's hair and ate bugs and honey. And then he people came out to listen to him but then they all stopped one day. And then he went to jail and he died. Um, it's not very triumphant but he was very clear on what he was there to do. And he did what he was supposed to do. Point to Jesus. Praise the Lord for that. And we want to be like that, don't we? It's like wherever we're at, to not be looking maybe on what somebody else is like. I mean, think about, think about the temptation there just to compare yourself to other people or try to be somebody else. Um, that's huge. And to just know I'm not the point. My life may not feel like a novel where maybe it gets bad, but that's only because it's going to get better and then you know, everything's going to turn out perfect in the end. It's like, well, the reason it's not like that is my life isn't the point. The real victory is at the end of the Jesus's life, right? When He returns and everything's put right, and we all bow down to Him, that's the end of the story. Not my life. My life is just this tiny piece, um, and so it may be like this, it may be like Jeremiah, it may be like John the Baptist, where, wow, well, that doesn't look really that exciting or impressive. And yet, we can do what God wants us to do and do good to others by pointing them to to Christ. And I'm—I use the word pointer, but the you know the Bible here is, you know, you could say it this way: He was a witness. That's what it says over and over. He witnessed. He was just a witness. He was just saying, "Look, here's Jesus," and he was testifying to him. He was a witness to Jesus. He was a servant. He was Christ's servant. I mean, think about what he says there at the end. He's very clear on that. At the end of John 1, verse 26, I baptize you with water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. He's like, not only is he a servant, he's a a lowly servant. And he sees that. Um, Praise the Lord that he did. Praise the Lord for John the Baptist. I'm very thankful and it's kind of interesting here, if you really think about this. And I wonder if this is kind of a key to why this is in here. But the John who wrote this was a disciple, John the Baptist, with his brother. And, um, you know, he's, he's one of the ones that heard John say, look, there's the Lamb of God, and then follows him. So I maybe mean, that's part of the reason. It's like, look, this is kind of John's story, too. You know, here's John he was following this guy, but then he pointed away from himself to Jesus, and he went and he followed. That's really encouraging. Um, we can thank God for the book of John. I mean, part of the reason it's here is he was faithful to point away from himself. And, you know, I think that's why one of the reasons why this story is only recorded, some of the story um, about John and the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that statement only here in John. So we can be thankful uh, that he was clear. Now, I want us to think about this, you know, practically in, in our life. And, you know, it makes me think about, well, honestly, it makes me think a lot about high school or middle school. You know, when you're growing up and you are figuring out who you are. And one of the things that people are really good at is imitating, you know, imitating others. And there's a lot of imitation going on in middle schools and high schools of the kids around you, as well as people you see on TV and uh, athletes and different things like that. But people wanting to really figure out who they are. Um, And a lot of that is figuring out who you're not, too. But it's... um, Our culture, unfortunately, there's a lot of sad things that go on. I mean, think about, I'm sure many of us have tried to be somebody we're not. Tried to do what God didn't gift us to do. I'll tell you a story about myself. This is from college. I had a roommate in college who was Japanese, and he was really smart, really diligent. And uh, he would take hard classes that weren't, like, necessary for his degree, um, just to challenge himself like in his worst subjects. So it was like, well, I'm not very good at math, so I'm going to take this, you know, calculus 2 class or something like that <laughs> to challenge myself. And I thought, yeah, he's right, you know, that's a good idea. Like, we're here in college, we're only going to be here once, you know, and I should really take some take some of these classes even if it's hard and even if I have to work at it. Well, what ended up happening was I almost lost my scholarships <laughs> because <laughs> He could take the classes and then get A's, you know. It's like, this is my worst subject, but I'm really going to try hard. And it's like, and then in the end, he gets an A, you know. It's like, I did that, which for me, my worst subject was French. I was like, I'm going to take a bunch of French classes. And I was like, well, I almost lost my scholarships because I did not get all A's. And I had a GPA, like minimum, to keep my scholarships. And long story short, praise the Lord, I wrote a letter basically like, look, I'm going to lose my scholarships, and this is, you know, what, you know, you know, I, I I basically explained my situation, and they had mercy on me, so <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, but it was a good example of me trying to be somebody I wasn't, you know. It's like, wow, i um, looking at my roommate, and uh, he was doing a good thing, but that's not me, right? And that's right, he's a doctor today, and I'm not. <laughs> and, um, so anyways, all that is to say, there's a thousand examples like that. Um, in our lives, but in high schools across the U.S. where people are trying to be someone they're not. Um, And you know what's really sad is for many of us, it gets us down. Right? It's like, what do you do with situations like that? That God has gifted you differently than all the people around you. Than anyone else here. You know, you could get yourself really down, looking around at everyone else and comparing yourself. Well, look, I'm smaller than this guy. I'm, you know, maybe comparing your looks, your how much you read, comparing uh, how much money you make, comparing a thousand things. And it really affects people negatively. It's so sad. But you know what? You know who defi- defines who you are and what you're here for? God. God. And he knew what he was doing. And knowing who you are ultimately is knowing who defines who you are, and that's God. God's the one that sent John, and God's the one that put you, just like Michael's just sharing Um Right before we started this, I was really kind of aligning with the message. But God put you right where you are, and He knew what He was doing. And we can trust Him, and we can do what He's asked us to do. Um, we want to be like we want to be like John. We want to realize we're a servant, and in knowing that, being able to not put the focus on ourselves, but to point to Jesus, point others to Jesus, to take a step back, to take a step down to take uh, the humble position, to put others above ourself. Um, Why? Because it's Jesus that we want to be noticed. It's Jesus who we want to exalt. Um, It's Jesus, ultimately, who can save people and help people and change people, not us. And so, throughout the day, we've got so many reminders about God is God and we're not. It's pretty amazing, really. We've talked about this before, but your life is really built around a lot of reminders that you're not God. I mean, think about this. I've shared this before, but this is unreal. The sun is... I might be getting this wrong. Some kid in doing science could correct me on this, but I think it's like 93 million miles. Is that right? Okay, 93 million miles. You literally cannot look at the sun 93 million miles away. That's crazy, right? It's like the sun is so powerful and you're so limited, you literally just can't even look at it or it'll burn your eyes. Which, there's actually an interesting, not kind of crazy story, about a guy who, like, at the beginning of, like, psychology and, like, modern science, was doing all, they were doing all these weird experiments. And he really wanted to be able to look at the sun. And um, he, like, forced his eyes open to where, so he could look at the sun and, you know, learn things. Well, burned his retinas, and he had to, like, lay in a room, dark room with his mom, taking care of him all the time. It's like, what a reminder that you're not God. Like, not only... Are you not in control? Like, you can't even look at the sun. and You're not even close to the sun. You're like 93 million miles away from the sun. We're just tiny, fallen, you know, very limited creatures. And there's a thousand reminders like that all the time. Like, you, um, you know, the word humble comes from the word dirt, you know, basically. It's like, well, we're dirt, you know, um, literally. From dust, we're made into dust we will return. And we can't even get off the dirt, at least not for very long, you know. Uh, like you can fly, but you're gonna land eventually. And you can go to space, but your bones get all weak. And even if you're there a year, you come down. Like, have you ever seen the videos of them like carrying the astronauts off the off the uh, space station? They get so weak up in space. Sometimes they can't even walk when they get back. So yeah, like we have to get back down to the dirt eventually. And um, pretty good reminder that we're just creatures, and God is God. You have to sleep. You have to eat. Think about all think about all the things in your day let me ask you this have you ever had a plan and then it did not go the way you thought it would go did you know that that is actually just a reminder that you're not God (laughs) I mean it's like there's only one person being in all of existence who is in control of everything and that is God praise the Lord aren't we glad I mean it's just an opportunity What, what do we do there we take a reminder it's like you know what God you're in control And you know what? You're good. And I love you. And I I wanted it to go this way, but it didn't. And I trust you. That's a good reminder of living out. You know, it's like, who I am, not. I'm not God. That means I can't control the people around me. That means I can't control my circumstances. That means I can't even control my own physical well-being. You know, if I could, I would never get sick. But I'm not even in that control. Um, Surely there's other people here today who told their wife, you know, I was like, I may not be able to come from uh, all that, shoveling all the snow, because my back is really hurting this morning. (laughs) Um, Because you're limited, right? Um, Or maybe that's just me. So, (laughs) but yeah, we're limited. And God's God. Knowing who we're not. We're not the light of the world. We're not God. um, We're not other people. Who we are, we're just servants. And God is God. Very thankful for that. We can be thankful that God is God. Uh, We can be thankful any opportunity we have to point to Him, to acknowledge Him, to to lean on Him, because He is the light. He is, you know, the Christ, the one who can save the world. Remember what Jesus, um, they told, the angel told Jesus' mom, you shall call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. It's like, It's really important that we know it's Jesus that saves people from their sins, not us. I hope this is helpful to you because I think sometimes we put burdens on ourselves um, wrongly. So I'll give you an example. This may not be a perfect example, but have you ever, like, sat down on a plane or in some situation and there's somebody next to you and you felt this real pressure, like, I really need to share the gospel, like, this, who knows, you know um what could happen uh you know maybe this person needs to hear um have you ever felt that like a really like like pressure some of that can be real it might be god um encouraging you to do that but it might just be self uh a burden you're putting on yourself because the reality is um you can't save people and you're not the point um jesus is so you May have an opportunity to point somebody to Jesus. Great, but you may not. There's a lot of people that aren't in your reach um, because you're limited. But you know who can you know who can reach them? God. God can. And sometimes, you know, we can put these burdens on ourselves that aren't us ours to bear. That I'm I'm pretty confident in saying this because of Jesus' life um, very clearly that if that every person you meet, God isn't expecting you to share the gospel with them. Well, why can I say that confidently? Because Jesus didn't, right? There was times where Jesus went into a crowd, and there was one person he was supposed to talk to, and he didn't go around and talk to every person. He talked to one person, like John chapter five. Uh, there was one guy that he was there to minister to. If that's true for Jesus, God in the flesh, sure that's true for us, right? That there's going to be people that just aren't aren't in our our range aren't in our purpose, and that's okay. Um, God is God. You could say a prayer for those people God, if there's an opportunity to share the gospel here, please help me. And if there's not, would you send somebody else? There might be a thousand things like that. It might not just be sharing the gospel, it might be um, if you're a stay at home mom, you compare yourselves to the other moms. You know, it's like, well, so and so's house is always perfectly clean, everything's perfectly in place. And their house looks like it's decorated like from a magazine. It's like that may be just them, and that may not be you. But you could place that on yourself. You give yourself a burden that's not yours to bear, um, and just trust. You know what, God, you made me me, and that's not how I can operate like that. And I have to sleep for more than four hours. Um, <laughs> so just help me. Le- I lean on you. You know. And there's a a million things like that. You could go through a thousand examples, really. You have to think about what it might be for your life. I'll give you another personal example. Somebody gave us this book when we were about to have kids about sleep training, basically. And it was basically saying, like, no offense if this is your thing. You just know who you are, and I'll know who I am. Um, But basically like when the kid cries like you should not go in there and if they keep crying like you comfort them this many times and if they get so upset they throw up then clean it up and leave and it was like it's like i i think my wife i she's like i know you can't handle that and i was like yeah no i can't <laughs> it's like sometimes i just hear the kids crying it's like like three minutes and i'm like i i think i've got to go in there like i've just got it just hurts my heart to hear him crying in there it's like I just want to pick them up. I know it might take more effort, but let's just pick them up, you know. And I just couldn't do it, you know. It's just not my style. And um, the Lord had mercy on us, you know. And our kids actually do sleep; they're able to sleep on their own, and all that that um, supposedly could never happen. Um, but we did it, you know. And I'm not saying that's great or or bad or whatever. Uh, I'm just saying. There's a lot of things where you just have to know who you are. You know, it's like, this is not my capability. This is this is not the way God made me, and that's okay. Um, we've been reading this book, uh, Pilgrim's Progress, like a children's version with um, my kids. And it's really encouraging because everyone's got a name in there, and it's like they know what kind of, it's an allegory, you know. So it'd be really nice. Um, it's really nice because it seems very clear to them, like, I'm different than the others, but that's okay. Like, there's one named Mercy, you know, and she's with Christiana, and she's really compassionate and merciful all the time. It's like, great. That's how God made her. And like that. Um, and then there's other ones, you know. There's Feeble, and he's weak, and he can hardly walk up the hill of difficulty. You know, somebody has to carry him. But then God sends him back to Vanity Fair to help all these other people um, and to minister to them. You know, so God is using all these different people. They're all different, um, and but He's using them in their place. And that's the way it really is, you know. um, Our names necessarily might not match, uh, you know, whatever it is that God's given us to do, but the reality is there, that God has a purpose for you, um, and it's not the person sitting next to you's purpose. You don't have to compare yourself to them. You don't have to think, oh, I can't do what this person does. That's okay, because you're not them. Um, But know who you are, wherever you're at. Your job is to serve the Lord and to point to to Him wherever you can um, to be a witness that you're just a servant. You don't have to get it all figured out. You don't have to have your whole life all figured out. You don't have to have the whole Bible figured out. But know what you know. Um, know Christ and point to him where you can. And we can trust the Lord. We can trust the Lord with whatever comes our way. You know, it it's pretty important that he says that he is unworthy to even tie Jesus' sandal, you know. I was thinking about it. In our life, if we know who we are, like we're just unworthy servants, there's joy there. I mean, to really believe, it's like, man, I don't even deserve to know God, right? Like I'm a sinner. Like God didn't have to talk to me ever. God didn't have to send me his word. God didn't have to send his son to die. God didn't have to come down and die for me. God didn't have to use me at all. And here I am, and I'm imperfect. Um... And he, he does. He wants to. Praise the Lord for that. We can be thankful there. there there's joy there in just knowing, one, that God's in control, and two, uh, that we're, we're along for the ride at all. Imagine, you know, imagine um, back when there was kings and, and, you know, battles around horses and all that stuff. Imagine if you got to go with the king on a battle but um, you know the food was bad, and it was difficult. It was raining, cold. It's like wouldn't want to complain if the king is like right there with you. You know, it's like kind of like well, the king's right here. You know, and he's going through it too. And I'm just glad I get to be here. You know, that's kind of the mentality of an unworthy servant. You know, and that's kind of our life, right? You may have some difficult things going on. Um, In your life. But you know who's been there before? Jesus. He had a lot of difficult things. Um, Very difficult life. But he's right there with you. Uh, He's there to help you. And um, aren't you glad you're there at all? Even though it's not easy. Um, We can just be thankful. Thankful to be where God put us. And that might be hard. The place God put you might be one of the harder places. Uh, just like John. I mean, John had a hard job. Um, there's a lot of difficult things about his life. And there might be just difficult things in your life going on. And I just want you to know, um, it's, God's there. God's with you. Um, you don't have it all figured out. You don't know what's going on. That's okay. Because God does. He's in control. And wherever you're at, you can fulfill the purpose you have that he's given you. Um, point to him to trust him and praise the Lord for that. Now I want to just kind of conclude this whole thing by kind of acknowledging John had something that I don't have that maybe I would guess most of us don't have. He had like this real specific, clear like call on his life. That was pretty miraculous. Right. Um, so if you have that praise the Lord, that's awesome. Like if God told you, like I'll give you an example, not from the Bible. Um, William Wilberforce, anybody read a biography about William Wilberforce or know who he is? He's a guy that um, was like, like he was a Christian. He was like really, his, one of his goals was to end the slave trade. He was part of Parliament in, in England. One of the reasons we can be thankful we don't have slaves here is for William Wilberforce. You know, they ended the slave trade over there in England. So praise the Lord for that. But he had this really strange and clear purpose in his life. And this is what he wrote down. Uh, in his journal um, he wrote when he was 28 years old God almighty has set before me two great objects the suppression of the slave trade and the reformation of manners Which, by which he didn't mean like manners like having everyone say please and thank you but like all the sin and stuff going on in England and he, um, but anyways he was very clear on what God wanted him to do and he had like this very clear call um, and he ended up doing it praise the Lord Praise the Lord for William Wilberforce going in to Parliament all those years. He actually had Psalm 119 memorized, and he would quote it to himself as he walked to work every day. Pretty amazing. Um, and then he ended up ending the slave trade. Um, praise the Lord for that. Um, God used him. So John kind of had the same kind of thing, where it's like, okay, like you are born because you know God sent an angel to tell your parents, and and you're going to have this divine purpose. Um, not at all. All of us or I would guess, not. Most, most of us don't have anything near that um, or even not even near Wilberforce where it's like, I really know God wants me to do these two things. But here's my encouragement to you and my challenge to you. Think about what you do know for sure. Who you are. I mean, you might even just think about some of these things, pray about these this week, and write some things down. Write down, do two columns, and write. Knowing who I'm not, knowing who I am, Write some things down in each one and pray about it. God, is there anything that's going on in my life where I'm really trying to be somebody I'm not, where I'm confused, where I'm trying to take control over something that's not mine to take control of? Is there something where I'm trying to be somebody else and it's weighing me down? Is there something where I'm putting a burden on myself that's yours and not mine? Um, Whatever that is, whatever that looks like. And then knowing who you are. And there's so many things that even if you don't have this special, certain call that's Specific like, like John. There's so many things that the Bible says. If you're trusting the Lord, uh, so many things you could write down. You're a child of God. Uh, you're a light in the world. You're His servant. Um, you're one of the members of the body. And you know, think about. You could read through that passage in Corinthians and um, write down some of those things that you're needed. I mean, think about Romans 8. You know, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's like, I'm in Christ, and I'm not condemned um, because of what he did for me. Um, you could probably do probably like 20 just from Romans 8 of all the things, you know, that you are, you're called. Um, anyways, think about it, pray about it. And uh, I hope that it'd be a help to you this week. And something that you think about. Knowing who you're not. And knowing who you are. We're not God. uh, But we are servants of God. We can point to Him. And that's our job. And we can just say, Lord. um, Help us wherever you want us uh, to be used. And where you don't. Help us to give that to you. And just trust you with that. Because we're all limited. We... All are going to live just a few years and uh, have whatever impact God wants us to have. That may be small, and that's okay. You know, I should have brought a mechanical watch up here. I think I've used this illustration before, but okay. You know, like all the pieces in the watch. You know, it's like all those little um, gears and cogs and and all that. It's like if the watchmaker really wants all those pieces right where they are, and he wants the small one's small, and the big one's big, and the ones that move fast and move fast, the ones that move slow to move slow, and, and all that. It's like, the worst thing that could happen is the clogs start acting like us. It's like, well, I think I should be bigger. I think I should have a more important role. It's like, suddenly everything would stop working. <laughs> right? God put you right where he wants you. God has a purpose for you, and he has a plan. He knows the big picture that you don't uh, you don't understand, but He he knows it. Play your role. And... Um, point to the Lord, trust him, and he's got it all under control. And, you know, if that was, a an illustration of the whole church, I mean, all of us here combined are like one tenth of a second, you know, of the whole church, um, universal. So, you know, even just since Jesus, 2000 years, and we're just a little piece and we want to leave it to him. He knows. And so we'll trust him. We'll move forward and we'll, um, try and glorify him everywhere we can. Lean on him. Praise the Lord. He can save people. He can guide people. He can lead people. And we're going to trust him. So let's pray together. Father, we're thankful that you love us, that we're your children. Thank you for John. Uh, Thank you so much uh, that he just did what you asked him to do. And even through difficulty. Um, I pray you'd help us. We want to be people that persevere. We want to be people that take the humble position. We want to lift others up, uh, love others, uh, lift you up, glorify you. We need help. I pray that you'd help us this week, uh, not to carry burdens that aren't ours, um, really to cast our burdens on you. Uh, surely there's somebody here who compares himself to others just a lot, maybe even constantly. Lord, would you have mercy on them? Uh, would you? I pray that you'd help them just to see uh, and have some clarity on who you made them to be and to rest in that and to trust you with that. I uh, pray you'd free us from things like that. And I do pray that we'd be marked um, by pointing people to you and that uh, when people encounter us they would uh, come away um, thinking about you and uh, knowing you more the fragrance of Christ and we need help. Uh, we need help in doing that. But you'd help us to get our minds off ourselves and and onto you. And same in, in terms of our influence around in others' lives. We ask this in your name. Amen.